Community Cats podcast. Ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Community Cats podcast. I am your host, Stacey LeBaron. I have been involved helping homeless cats for over 20 years with the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society. The goal of this podcast is to expose you to amazing people who are improving the lives of cats. I hope these interviews will help you learn how you can turn your passion for cats into action. Today, we are speaking with Brian Cordes. Brian is currently the Director of National Programs for Neighborhood Cats. Previously, he served as a grants manager for PetSmart Charities, overseeing over $21 million in TNR and spay-neuter projects. He has produced many of the leading educational materials on trap-neuter return, including award-winning books and videos, and is a frequent presenter on feral cat issues. Brian has a Bachelor of Arts degree from Cornell University and a JD from the University of California in Berkeley. Brian, I'd like to welcome you back to the show. Thank you, Stacey. It's great to be back. Brian had the pleasure of being on one of our earlier episodes, and I would recommend that folks listen to that episode, which is number 13. You can just go to the communitycatspodcast.com website and search by putting in the number 13, or you can search Brian's name, Brian Cordes, and you can see that past episode where we talk about the work that he's done with Neighborhood Cats, all of the educational information that he shares with everybody. So I definitely recommend folks go back and listen to that episode if they haven't listened to it yet. Today's episode, we're going to do a little bit of catch up with Brian, see how things have been since we last spoke. We're now, if you can imagine it, we're now at episode 127. So we're going to check in with him, see how things have changed, and then we're going to talk about a new software package that Neighborhood Cats has called Cat Stats. But first off, Brian, I heard you made a, a big move out to Hawaii. So uh, how's it going and, and what's Neighborhood Cats doing out there? Yeah, well, we have... Um we're launching a new on the ground chapter in uh, Maui. It's going great. I mean, of course it's like this beautiful, wonderful <laughs> place to be <laughs> and everybody, even customer service people who are usually very anonymous kind of go, wow, when you tell them you're that we're here. Um, <laughs> and it really is quite remarkable, but the state of Hawaii has a real crisis when it comes to feral cat, feral and stray cat overpopulation. And they just have not developed the kind of programs and systems that we see in more progressive areas on the mainland. But in Maui, the local shelter Maui Humane Society has really ramped up their game in terms of creating more spay-neuter capacity and approaching community cats in a, in a more progressive and enlightened way. We were ready for a change, my wife and I, who Susie, who runs uh, Neighborhood Cats, and we saw this need here and just felt like it was a really good fit. So that's, we, we moved here about a month ago. Well, two months ago, I guess at this point. And yeah, there really is, there really is. We, we did a tour the other night of one town and there were literally hundreds of cats on the streets and most of them not fixed. There's just a lot of work to do here. Uh, there's a lot of issues here too, when it comes to conservationists, because there's so many endangered species in Hawaii so the cats are a real hot button issue. There's a lot of talk about trying to eradicate them all as uh, kind of inhumane and unrealistic as that is. So we're hoping to kind of show that there's a better way and uh, push back against, uh, you know, sliding into that kind of approach. 
Well, and one of the things that we were talking about in the uh, pre-interview chat about there was a lack of uh, spay-neuter resources on the island and, and that those resources are now being developed. And, you know, you can't have a trap-neuter return program if you don't have a spay-neuter or usually, in most cases, a high-volume spay-neuter clinic. And so hopefully that issue is being resolved. It is being resolved. And, and that is the step one in having an effective program. So when I first started looking into Maui about a year and a half ago, they they have a clinic at Maui Humane Society and they were doing about 3,000 surgeries a year just with one veterinarian who, who hadn't even been trained in high volume. But there was still like a four-month waiting list to get a female cat surgery. So that that makes it really difficult for people who want to get their cats fixed and especially if you're dealing and you're feeding with large numbers. So they have started about a year and a half ago, Maui Maysidi started these um, large MASH clinics uh, every few months where they'll fix in the course of four or five days, they'll fix up to, I think they've done as many as 800 cats. Oh my goodness. And, yeah. And the demand is amazing. I mean, people start lining up at six in the morning uh, for these clinics. And you can see the, the kind of pent up demand that people really want to do the right thing. When they have the opportunity, they jump on it. So now they're building a fixed clinic and they have a trained high volume veterinarian on staff now. And when that opens, I think that's really going to take things to yet another level because there'll be daily access to surgeries. And I think we're going to see just a lot of improvement. They're already seeing intake and euthanasia rates coming down, but I think that will accelerate. But yeah, I would think so with the increase in the accessibility for affordable spay neuter for cats on the island, it, they should start seeing even a greater drop. And it's very exciting that you're, you're you know, you're right in the middle of a, a hotbed of community cat issues. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it, it's very exciting uh, for that reason. And it's kind of fun to be back on the ground, you yep, know, to yep. be, there isn't a team of trappers to call upon or a network of volunteers. So it's, uh, it's Susie and I, <laughs> we're the network of volunteers. There, there are people who trap here and there, but it's not fully developed. So we'll be out there dealing directly with the cats while at the same time trying to, uh, provide, uh, guidance on, on how to build the community program. And at the same time, trying to kind of use this as a model for the rest of the state and, and push back against those kind of more general issues like the conservation issues. So you'll be able to, lot, do your to do big, big mass trappings again. Yes. Yes. We have our eyes on a, on a 30 cat colony uh, right now. So yeah, it's back, to, it's back to basics, but that's kind of fun, you know, after, um, kind of sitting behind a computer for several years, you know, between grants, educational work, it's exciting to be back out there directly working with the cats. That's excellent. So you mentioned the word computer. So I actually have to bring you back to the computer, Brian. I'm sorry. Oh, that's always there. <laughs> <laughs> and over the course of the last year or two, you've been working on a software package called CatStats. Uh, can you share about that with us? Yeah, it's a, it's an exciting new system. Um, anybody can have a look at uh, catstats.org. That's C-A-T-S-T-A-T-S dot O-R-G. And basically what it is, it's a, it's a TNR program management tool is uh, my best way of describing it. It allows uh, organizations and programs uh, that have community-wide TNR efforts going on 
to kind of get better organized, input uh, data on colony locations and colony size and changes in colony size and contact information. It allows for mapping of colonies uh, in an area. One of the great things about it, I think, is that data can be entered either by caretakers who have access online or by the program or both. So it kind of cuts down on the labor of uh, data collection. So you can um, see where your colonies are. You can see how they're doing um, in terms of their progress and reducing size. You can contact caretakers in need. There's just a, a lot of different things you can do with this tool. It's user-friendly. You can use it on your telephone, right, as well as your computer. And people can then enter in their information. If I'm a trapper out there, what are the benefits of it for me? There are three different levels of access to the system. There's uh, the colony caretaker, there's the trapper, and then there's the TNR program administrator. So the colony caretaker can log in with their own account that's uh, password protected and confidential, and they can then uh, enter all of their colony information, whether they're managing one colony or managing uh, some people manage dozens or oversee the management of dozens. And all that information can be kept in one location and updated whenever necessary. And the advantage for the colony caretaker, what we find is it makes it easy to find you if the program needs to. So for example, in New York City, if an ear-tipped cat comes into the shelter, the shelter will contact neighborhood cats and tell us what location this cat came from. So we can then go into cat stats, bring up the map, enter the location where the cat was, was picked up, and then see what colonies are nearby and quickly contact those caretakers and get that cat back to his home. So that's one advantage for caretakers. People who are designated as trappers by their TNR program can access the map themselves and leave notes at different colonies. Um, one thing they can do when you look at the map, it's color-coded according to whether the colony is uh, all the cats are fixed, some of them, or none of them. You can look at the map, you can see where the need is, and then a trapper can go to that location maybe catch most of the cats and there's one left to do and leave a note online on the map saying, well, I caught nine out of the 10, but I need a little help with that last one or whatever information they need. And so trappers can communicate with each other and with the TNR program through the map. Lastly, there's the administrator access and that's whoever's running the program. And what uh, features that the cat stats has for them is first of all, there's the map. We're very happy with this map. And instead of just looking at lists and lists of colonies and caretakers on a spreadsheet, it really comes alive if you can see it mapped out in your community and you can see patterns and you can see where help is needed. So there's that feature. There's also the ability in this system to direct caretakers through emails directly with service providers. So they don't have to write to you and say, where can I borrow a trap? Where do I go to schedule spay neuter? They can log into cat stats and indicate what help they needed. And then emails are automatically sent to the service providers with the caretakers contact information. So for the program, it keeps everything well organized. It makes it easy to communicate with caretakers and it makes it really easy to see what's going on in your community. 
Looking for a great tool to help educate your neighbors about community cats? Check out this sign available from the folks at Lumen LS, a life-saving organization from Broward County, Florida, that believes no cat should be left behind. This sturdy, bright orange sign featuring an ear-tipped cat would be great for cat colony caretakers, shelters and rescues, spay-neuter clinics, or municipalities and animal control organizations. Education about the correct ways to manage community cats is exploding in the U.S., especially in the last five years. This sign will help you let your community know that ear-tipped cats have been fixed and vaccinated and pose no threat to them. The community cat sign comes complete with all of the hardware you need to post it, Buying and posting the sign will help move animal welfare forward and improve outcomes for cats in your area. You can view and purchase the signs directly from our Facebook page at Lumen LS. They also have a colorful informational brochure about community cats plus lots of other resources. Support the Community Cats podcast and LumenLS.org by going to LumenLS on Facebook today. Are you starting to think about that special holiday gift? Why not give the gift of a Community Cats podcast branded t-shirt, coffee mug, bag, or other item? This is the perfect way to spread the word about helping community cats. The proceeds from the sales will go to support the Community Cats podcast and the Community Cats Grants program, which helps small groups grow their fundraising programs to be able to fund more spay-neuter programs for free-roaming cats. Go to www.communitycatspodcast.com and click on our shop button in the menu bar today to get that perfect community cat gift right now. Thank you, everybody, for supporting the show. So you're creating a virtual network, basically, so that everybody can be on the same page because oftentimes multiple people are going to have some sort of connection with a community cat. And so this is a way so that sort of all the parties know what's going on, say, if there's a cat that's been hit by a car and has been picked up, basically doing your best efforts to notify everybody about a certain situation. Yeah, absolutely. It can be used for that. You can generate email lists through this that are connected to MailChimp. Yes, if a cat comes in that's in need, uh, you can quickly send out an email to everybody connected to this system. Again, another thing you could do, you could look at the map and see where there are colonies near the location of where the cat was picked up and try to contact those people and uh, quickly narrow your search. So it is, yes, it's a, it's a, as I say in the beginning, it's a program management tool. It does have the potential to generate data that tracks the impact of TNR. It would take a little more work. It would take downloading spreadsheets on a regular basis and then having some Excel knowledge on how to compare them. But we try to keep the amount of information that we're asking colony caretakers to enter to a minimum uh, so that we figure that will get us higher participation. So they're basically asked, like, how many cats were there when you first started working with this colony? How many cats are there today? How many of these cats are fixed? Um, how many have been rescued? And then if the program wants to track some other variables like rabies vaccinations or ear tips or microchips, they can do that too. We're also collecting information on uh, caretaker contact information, secondary caretakers, things that will allow the program to quickly get in touch with people. You did mention earlier about the information being safe. When you're talking about that, it's basically at each level of access, you get access to different information, but at no point in time is anybody's information going to be made public, right? 
Yes, that's absolutely correct. Basically, we have a confidentiality guarantee so that anything that's entered into the system is not going to be used uh, in any way by neighborhood cats as the administrator of the whole system. And then different programs only have access to their information. So if you're running a cat stats database in Sacramento, California, you're not going to be able to see the information in New York City and vice versa. Also on the colony caretaker level, the caretaker can only see the information that relates to to her own colonies. She can't see anybody else's. And this is all password protected. And also the system requires a decent password. So if you just try to put in a, a like one ordinary word, the system will reject you until you've uh, created something that's more secure. And then trappers only have uh, access to their own information uh, on to the map. I'm sorry, I got distracted by Kitty. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a common occurrence around here. They Trappers can only see the map. They can't see the rest of the uh, program administrator information unless the program administrator gives them that kind of access. So everything is 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 walled off from all the other parts of it. When I go to catstats.org, I see the website here and there's some FAQs and, and that kind of thing. But you've done a simulation of the site at work and it's called, it's a simulation of Feralville, which many people know you as the creator of Feralville and discussing that with targeted TNR. So tell me a little bit about the sample of how Catstats works in your sample Feralville town. Okay. So we want to create a sample site for groups to be able to go and play around with it and see it and, and also practice on it. If you go to a catstats.org backslash Feralville, which is F-E-R-A-L-V-I-L-L-E, that's what you'll, what we call the public view. So that's what caretakers are going to see. That's the site where they can come and create an account and enter the data for their colony. So what I recommend people do is first go to that public site and and pretend you're a caretaker and enter your information. And then you can go to the administration side, which will show you what how that ends up being recorded and mapped. So to get to the administration view, and all of this will be is uh, posted on catstats.org. So if you're not writing it down real quick, don't worry about it. It's all up online. Just remember catstats.org. But you would go to www.catstats.org backslash admin for admin. Uh, log in with the username Feralville. Uh, it's not case sensitive. And then the password is too many cats, which is number two, capital M A N Y, capital C A T S. That will get you into the administrative side of the Feralville database. That's all you're going to see is Feralville. You won't see anybody else. Uh, you then click on Feralville in the top left menu, and you'll see all the different sections uh, that the website is made up of. If you want to see the maps and the spreadsheets, you would click on module users. Now, all the different pages in the admin side have extensive instructions at the top of each page, which go over each feature. And then people can always contact me directly at catstats at neighborhoodcats.org with any questions. We're available to help set the website up. Uh, it can be uh, as simple as just 
one homepage that caretakers can log into on the public view, but also groups can use this as their own website. You can add up to three more pages, maybe events or workshops or where to get spay neuter. And all of this we can help you set up. So it may be a little intimidating at first if you're not familiar with using websites or, or administering them. But within a, a half an hour to an hour, we can show you everything you need to know. Yeah, one thing I've learned when you have sort of something new and it's a bit unfamiliar, I've done this in terms of trying to work on developing a new website or something like that. The best thing to do is to kind of just dive right in and just start playing with it. And most everything you do, usually if you need to, it can be undone if you have to. But I always think it's just sort of the best is to, to get in there. And by having this Feralville sample is a great tool. And I'd highly recommend people go and click on the maps. I think the mapping part of this is just, it's phenomenal. And I really think it's it's great. I mean, it, we have so many challenges with people trying to tell us that trap, neuter, return does not work in helping our community cats. And I, I think that if we use a tool like this, it will very easily give us the information that we need to go to our board of health or our animal control officers or our state legislators to be able to say, well, hey, wait a minute. We have these very general numbers, but we have these numbers of the cats in the community, and, and this is what we're seeing. What could be a very big problem could be sort of easily resolved by having access to some information. Yeah, you're you're exactly right. I mean, what this kind of tool does, and, and one thing I'm not sure if we've mentioned is this tool is free. So there is absolutely no charge to uh, registering or hosting or anything. It, it is there for the community to use at no cost. And what this does is it, it professionalizes your program. It's one thing to go say, hey, we fixed a lot of colonies and uh, here's some numbers. It's another thing to show somebody on a map look, this is where we've worked. I could show you right now parts of New York City where you would just see a green uh, field of uh, green pins on the map, which indicates 100% sterilization rates. Um, so you can, it's, it's one thing to kind of tell people your, your story and tell them your success and that's important, but it's a whole nother thing to be able to show them and create a visual. And then also it just helps you both be and appear very organized, that you have a database that I, I think boards of health and other public officials, one of the things they often get concerned about when you're talking about very large um, or even smaller community-wide TNR programs is the concept of accountability. It's like, well, I believe you that this will reduce the number of cats. I understand that you say you're going to focus. But six months later, one year later, it's like, all right, so show me what you've done. Show me that it works. Where's your data? How, how do you know? Back up the claims that you made. And we as a field, especially with TNR, are just really at the beginning of starting to institutionalize that kind of accountability. And this kind of tool will hopefully hasten that approach. But Data is like always at the bottom of everybody's priority list, but hopefully now with this tool being free and with the kind of support we can offer to help people get it up and running, it will become more prevalent. And as I say, we've been running this database and a form of it, an earlier form of it for several years in New York City. And we know that, um, you know, it saves lives that we've been able to return cats to their colonies that otherwise would have just been lost in the system. So I would encourage everybody to give it a try. It's fun because you can map it. It's connected to Google Maps, so you can actually get a satellite view 
of your community. And um, sometimes like you see a pin on a map and you're wondering what's going on there and you take a closer look and you can see, oh, it's behind a shopping center or it's in a wooded area or things like that. So it's exciting tool. Well, and Brian, you've generously offered your time to do a online training seminar for folks that want to take a deeper dive into the CAT stats. So we will have more details on that uh, in the coming new year, and we'll make sure that everybody knows about that training time, because I think it's great so that people can sort of get in there and sort of see what you see and, and how you've used it. So I want to thank you so much for that offer, and we'll have more details for our listeners definitely in the show notes. So if there are folks that, that want to sign up, you have mentioned CatStats is free and it's a simple website. It's just catstats.org, correct? Yeah, just go to catstats.org and click on start here. There'll be a, a very short registration form. Basically, we just need your name and organization and contact information and then a brief, very brief description about the geographic area that you intend to cover. And we just need that so we make sure we don't have more than one organization or program covering the same area. And then once we've got that information, we can we can get you up and running, you know, within uh, within a few days. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners today, Brian? Not so much more. I think we've gone over it pretty comprehensively. Just to to go check it out and play around with it a little bit, and I think you'll find it's a real asset. Brian, I want to thank you so much for agreeing to be a guest on my show. And thank you so much for all the time and effort you put into getting Cat Stats put together and your commitment in being able to get this uh, available to anybody who wants to have it. And I look forward to having you on the show again in the future as you get more data. And as we, I'd love to to follow up on on your work in Hawaii too. I'm, I'm sure there are a lot of people who'd love to do Trapper's Holidays in Hawaii. <laughs> well, we we need you, so <laughs> please come whenever you'd like. And it's a fantastic place to vacation, I have to tell you. So, and uh, Stacy, I want to thank you and and also congratulate you on the success of uh, the Community Cats podcast. It's really been a, a, a wonderful resource that you've created for the community, and we appreciate it greatly. Oh, thanks, Brian. Well, I wish everybody also it's a happy new year. This is going to be one of the, the first shows of the new year. So it's a, it's a happy new year show too. So get those stats for 2017 going. Okay. Thank you, Stacey. <laughs> thank you for listening to a Community Cats podcast. I would really appreciate it if you would go to iTunes, leave a review of the show. It will help spread the word to help more community cats. 